Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. As always, I am Bryson Carver, and today is going to be a little bit of a different show today. Um, it is a show that I don't think in my wildest dreams or more appropriately nightmares I thought I could have been doing. Um, but today we're going to focus on Damar Hamlin. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, what happened on Monday night, uh, the reaction from the NFL to what occurred uh, to the sort of aftermath the last few days, last 72 hours. Um, his condition, thank God, has improved um, over the past 72 hours or so. I'll talk about that a little late in the show. Ryan Flowers of Clutch Sports Talk will be here in about 20 minutes or so to discuss the situation. Um, he gave some great insight the other day on his YouTube channel, Clutch Sports Talk, which I encourage you guys to subscribe to as well. Um, so... Again, there's a lot of things going on in sports. I'm going to talk about a lot of it tomorrow. I mean, listen, this is the biggest weekend in the NFL coming up. I'll talk all about it tomorrow on on the show. Um, but I, I I felt like I I I wanted to sort of I don't know if it's showing respect, but just to to focus on Demar Hamlin today. So obviously, as as, as all of you are aware. Uh, DeMar Hamlin with five minutes, 58 seconds left in the first quarter of the game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. Bengals lead seven to three. Joe Burrow throws a pass to T. Higgins. There's contact between Higgins uh, and DeMar Hamlin. Uh, Hamlin makes the tackle, gets back up, and then he collapses on the field. And uh, what ensues is probably the scariest uh, situation that we've ever seen on an NFL field. Um, what happened is he goes down. Uh, we found out later he suffered cardiac arrest. And the um, medical professionals administered CPR for around 10 minutes. Before I continue, I do want to uh, give credit to, um, to, to uh, who, the, the man who provided the immediate care to DeMar Hamlin on the field, a guy named, by, a guy named uh, uh, Denny Kellington, who's the athletic trainer for the Buffalo Bills. I wanted to give him um, some shine today, as, as, as the Bills and the NFL world have today, uh, for his heroic efforts and for the efforts of all those who, who helped DeMar Hamlin. And so they administered CPR for around 10 minutes. And about 30 minutes later, the ambulance left the field. And, you know, obviously there was a discussion at that point. 
whether to continue a game. I know there was, there was a word saying something about there being, like, giving the players five minutes to get loose. Obviously, you saw the head coach of the Bills, Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bengals, Zach Taylor, come together and essentially say, like, man, we, we, can't, we can't continue after what just happened on the field. Uh, the players obviously agreed. It was a very emotional scene, um, and they, they exited uh, the field, which ended up being for the last time because the game was suspended. Uh, until further notice, of course, which I'll sort of get into later as well. Um, so I will have to say before I get into sort of my, my reaction, I, I want to give a lot of credit, obviously, to the, to the medical professionals. I want to also give a lot of credit to ESPN um, because they were put in a situation that, once again, you, you just don't – it doesn't ever compute in your brain that you're ever going to have to, to see happen. Uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, who called the game, Lisa Salters on the sideline, uh, Susie Culber, Booger McFarland, and Adam Schefter in the studio show for ESPN, um, you know, did, did what they could. Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter, Ryan Clark, uh, who joined Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter, um, just, you know, it gave a lot of insight uh, as to, you know, a, a situation like this. And sort of my takeaway was this, um, you know, Football is a great game. It's one that we enjoy every Sunday. We literally, during the fall, we plan our Saturdays and our Sundays around this game. We we cheer for our teams. We tailgate. We wear our favorite players' jerseys. We do all this. And, you know, and, and we look at it as important. You know, I hype this, and many hype this game up on Monday night as, hey, this is the biggest game of the NFL season. This is two Super Bowl contenders. Two great quarterbacks, two great rosters, Monday night football, you know, a lot of seating on the line here. Um, and when you see what happened midway through the first quarter, you're like, man, this doesn't mean Jack. This doesn't mean anything in the scheme of life. And, um, you know, I, I know there's been a lot of uh, discussion about you know, the safety of the league. And there's certainly that, that that's a conversation that, that is, is never going to stop, nor should it uh, trying to make a, a dangerous game as, as safe as possible. Um, the bad part about it is this is a routine play between T Higgins and DeMar Hamlin. And what happened, you know, we, we always kind of look for, I heard someone say this the other day, we sort of always like to look for the boogeyman, the situation, someone to blame for something horrible happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this was just something tragic that happened on that football field in Cincinnati on Monday night. There's, there's no need to blame the commissioner, to blame uh, uh, the safety rules of the NFL. God knows there's no reason to blame T. Higgins, which some have, have done on national television, which is disgraceful in my opinion. Um, th there's, there's, no, there's no one to blame. DeMar Hamlin went down and collapsed and essentially for a moment died on the football field. He had to be resuscitated. CPR was administered. And it's, I, I, can, I can't remember, listen, I'm a young guy, I'm 19 years old, but there's, there's a lot of folks who have been around the NFL for a long time. Again, I point to somebody like Troy Aikman, uh, who's been around the NFL for a very long time, is a Hall of Fame quarterback, calling games. And, you know, even he said, man, I've, I've never seen anything like this. You know? And it, it, I, it's the first time that I've ever watched a game. And you see serious injuries all the time. Someone's broke their leg or they tore their ACL, their Achilles. Uh, you think about, I mean, a quarterback that happened to, to play in this game on Monday night and a quarterback that I'm actually wearing uh, the hat 
uh, of, of his brand. Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, a couple years ago, both, both suffered very serious leg injuries. Right. But, you know, we're concerned about like, oh, gosh, this is awful. And they're they're emotional and their teammates can't believe it. And it's it's just so devastating. But we're never like, oh, my oh my God, their their life is on the line here. No, we're sad for them that their season is over. And we hope and pray that they were able to uh, that they're able to, you know, uh, fully recover. And in this case. Football is like the 29th. 29th thing on our, our mind. It's it's I've never seen an instance like this in, in my life. And I know you, the listener, you the viewer, haven't either, at least in an NFL game, where a guy makes a tackle and all of a sudden in a five-second span, his life is in jeopardy. It is I've 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 never seen anything like it. And you know, you see, I want to also, come, there's a lot of people to come in today. A large group of people is is the Bengals fans. You know, they were just as shocked as the rest of the country was, and I don't think they could have handled the situation any better. You know, listen, they, you know, we tailgate, we we get excited for games, and we we get rowdy for games. Maybe, you know, some can, I, I can't, but some consume, you know, a little alcohol, right, and get, get revved up for a big Monday night matchup. And when this happens, you're like, wow. And a lot of Bengals fans, up until there was some inclement weather that kind of forced them away, you know, they went to the hospital where DeMar Hamill was at, at the University of Cincinnati uh, Medical Center, I think is what it is. Uh, they, they they showed up and they paid their respects. They had a candlelight vigil. And, you know, it, it's what Monday night did is two things. First of all, put the game of football and life in perspective. Because we get excited, hey, I'm as guilty as anybody. I do a show three times a week, an hour, two hour, or sorry, hour and hour and a half. Sometimes I get excited, I get you know um, emotional at times. I get you know, it's I I have big opinions. You have big opinions. That's why we love sports. It's 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 the great. I've always said I've always said this. Sports and music to me are the great unifier unifiers in a very divided society that we have today. We love we all love sports. It's something, you know, there's there some of us have different uh political affiliations or or religious backgrounds or or, or racial backgrounds. We're so different as people, but what I think is beautiful about sports and football in particular is it brings us together. We're all cheering for the same team. That's what's great about sports. And we get excited about it. But this puts it in perspective. What happened Monday night to DeMar Hamlin? Almost losing his life on that football field. Put life in perspective. Put the game of football in perspective. And, you know, I can't imagine the guys that are on the field, the Bengals, the Bills, you see just the, the stunned look. There was guys crying on the field, coaches. You know, how do you how do you recover from this? And, you know, the, you notice they, they kind of built that wall around uh, where DeMar and the medical uh, personnel were at. You know, you know, giving this man his, his his privacy for what is a just a horrifying situation. And the second thing I kind of took away, at least me personally, is, you know, are we a divided society? Yeah. But there's still a lot of good people in the world. And we've seen this through DeMar's foundation, the Chasing M's Foundation, which is a toy drive for his local hometown uh, near Pittsburgh. And they had a goal to raise money of $2,500. 
as of five minutes ago, they've raised $7.4 million from over 227,000 donors. And, you know, you see donations, people like, you know, I saw the Andy Dalton and his family, Tom Brady, uh, uh, I think the Washington Commanders, like all of these different organizations and teams donating $10,000. And you see modest donations of, of $10, $20, every little thing just to show, hey, we can't do anything to impact the situation. But, you know, doggone it, we're, we're going to, in whatever way, big or small, that we can help this man, we're going to do what we can. And what you also saw was an outpouring of, of prayers, of support on social media for this young man. And it's, you know, it kind of goes to show you, hey, you know, we're, we're not as, we're not as different as, as, as sometimes we perceive each other to be. And I thought what the fans of the NFL, the players, what they did for this situation was beautiful. It was beautiful to see. So, DeMar's been in the hospital for almost 72 hours. And, obviously, the first night, we're just, like, stunned. We can't believe what we're watching. And there is genuine fear, rightfully so, of course, about this man's life. And, uh, but a few days later, we got an update uh, from the hospital let me see if I can pull this up. Okay, from the hospital. So this morning, uh, the Bills put out a statement, 1028 a.m. Eastern. The Bills put out a statement. They said, quote, uh, that DeMar Hamlin, uh, uh, for the sorry, per the positions caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. And then... About five hours ago, Dr. Timothy Pritz of the UC Health uh, said that Hamlin has, quote, made substantial improvement and that his neurological condition and function is intact. The physician said that Hamlin's progress is a positive, quote, turning point in his ongoing care and added that Hamlin has, quote, held many people's hands. Upon waking up, Hamlin asked who won the Monday Night Football showdown and has been communicating via writing. Uh, and when he was when he asked who won the football game, uh, or yeah, who won the football game? The physician said, "Yes, you won, Demar. You've won at the game of life." So it is a a beautiful exchange between the doctor, between Demar. It is <laughs> it is nothing short of a miracle that this man is continuing to improve every day. It's a testament to the prayers of so many around uh, the world. It is a testament to the remarkable medical care of those immediately on the scene. Uh, it, it, at the Cincinnati Bengals Stadium, and then now at the UC Medical Center, and it is it, it is remarkable to watch how how this is all transpiring. Um, we've got a few comments here. Uh, uh, Grady Edwards, what's up, Grady? He says, "Hope you had a happy holidays, Bryson. Thank you." He says, "One of the worst things I've ever seen in general. Prayers to Demar, his loved ones, and everyone involved. Praise God, the medical team was able to get to him quickly." And he says, man, he is lucky. Thankfully, it looks like he'll pull through. Certainly, that is the indication that we are getting uh, through all the updates. We're obviously all on our phones, getting updates from Schefter and from Ian Rappaport and all these insiders trying to figure out what the latest is on, on this young man's health. Uh, but it is, it is, uh, you know, given the situation Monday night, three days later, this young man's fighting. And, and you know what's awesome learning about him in the last three days I, I, cause I didn't know who DeMar Hamlin was 
and getting to learn about him these three days, obviously through his toy drive, I didn't know this. So DeMar Hamlin was recruited to a lot of big uh, Big Ten power schools, Ohio State, Michigan. But he went to Pittsburgh. Now, why is that? You say, well, Ohio State, Michigan, these are the premier powers of college football. But he chooses to go to Pittsburgh because he has a young brother, I think around the age of eight or so years old, and he wanted his younger brother to go see him, to get to be able to see him play in person. Waking up this morning or last night, whenever it was, from obviously a traumatic event, and he asks, who won the game? That's what's going through this young man's head. We've learned him to be a very selfless guy, a great teammate, as we've learned from a lot of his Bills teammates, and a family man looking out for his little brother, wanting his little brother to be able to go see him play college football at the highest level. And so, needless to say, we will continue to pray for DeMar Hamlin and for those um, attending to him, his family, loved ones, uh, the Buffalo Bills, even the Cincinnati Bengals who are on the scene uh, for for that, you know, such a traumatic event. And um, that's what we'll continue to do. Uh, Patrick Brown, what is up, Patrick, the host of the Chaotic Sports Podcast? He said, once I heard CPR and AED, it was no longer about the game. I got teary-eyed because it brought back the night Hank, Hank Gathers passed away on the basketball court during the West Coast Conference tourney. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's I mean, you just don't, you don't think when you're watching a Monday night football game that somebody's going to suffer a cardiac arrest, and that's, that's what happens. So it's, it's a very scary situation, but uh, man, props to everybody who helped him. And hats off to ESPN, by the way, I think, because, you know, to be put in that position, man, that's that's a hard thing to do to handle. This is a life or death situation when all you think you're just going to be covering a football game tonight. And it really puts things in perspective. So hats off to everybody involved. Um, I want to get this uh, frequent guest to Carving It Up Live. And he's not just a frequent guest. I consider him like an older brother. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he is the host of the Clutch Sports Talk podcast. It is Ryan Flowers joining Carving It Up Live. Ryan, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, Bryson? Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Yes, sir. Oh, good. Thank you so much for coming on uh, the show. You had a great uh, reaction video to this on uh, Clutch Sports Talk, uh, which I'd sort of like to talk to you about later in the show. But uh, first and foremost, what was your reaction uh, immediately when Demar Hamlin goes down and the you know what what happens afterwards? Well, you know, first things first. You know, I just want to give glory to God. Number one, that this young man is is alive and still with us right now. He still has got a long road ahead of us, or ahead of him. But I'm I'm glad to hear the news. You know, so it looks like it's turning into a a, a feel good story in the end, right? So so all praise to to God. Um, in regards to the reaction, I I didn't see the play initially. I was doing something. I left the room. I came back and I saw ambulance on the on the field, and I was like, "What's going on?" You know, because you know it's got to be something serious, right? We're an ambulance. So then I sit down, and then I hear um, like Patrick had just mentioned it. When you start hearing words like CPR, AED. I knew from my experience, you know, as a medic in the military, those are not things that you want to hear, or at least those are not things that are like insignificant. Those are very significant types of words or phrases. So immediately I sat down and I was kind of in shock. I was like, I was hoping this man didn't die on the field. And, and at that point, you know, they weren't playing the replays. They weren't doing anything. So I right. was kind of scrambling on my phone to see if anyone had a clip already of it. And when I saw the hit, I was like, Wow. And it kind of reminded me of, and I shared this with you when we were texting that night, 
a, not a, it was kind of similar incident that I had that happened to me when I was in high school uh, back in 2000, and it seems a long time ago, 2002, when I graduated, uh, I was a senior in high school. It was towards the end of the season, I went to make a routine tackle. I played cornerback. It was like a toss play. Corner running back was coming around the corner. I go and I, uh, I go low, and the running back hit my head with his knees, got up, and then all of a sudden, I just collapsed, and I blacked out. Now, this is not the same scenario, but what I'm getting at is that the whole shock and the trauma from that I experienced, even from my parents' perspective, it definitely hit home for me, and it really made me think, like, wow, man, like, this is really happening on live TV. Yeah, and that was sort of the shock of it all is how quick it happened, how I mean, and again, initially, you know, he makes the tackle, he gets up and you know, nobody's thinking anything about it. We we you know, we right. see this these type of of collisions what 50 times a weekend in the NFL. Yeah. Um and it's 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 just it from what I heard from a lot of doctors covering the situation, it truly seemed like it was an absolute wrong place <laughs> at the absolute worst yeah. time. Yeah. Um we've got a few comments here before I get to the next question. Sure. Um Grady says I hope he gets whatever opportunity he wants. If he wants to be involved in the game as a player, scout, or in an organization, let him. If he wants to do sports commentary, motivational speaking, etc., I really hope he gets whatever he desires. He deserves it, one hundred percent. It almost reminds me a little bit. Are you, do you know who Inky Johnson is, uh, oh, yeah, Ryan? Tennessee. The motivational yeah. speaker. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He played at Tennessee. He had a, a, a life threatening injury, and uh, you know he, he lost all feeling. I think his right arm, but he's, mm-hmm. he's he's you know been able to become a motivational speaker, and it's a real you know feel good story. That game when it happened. Yeah, against Air Force, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at Neyland Stadium is a very scary situation. Um, so let, let me ask you this, because I know, you know, and I was talking about this earlier in the show. It, we it feels like we kind of always have to have a, a boogeyman, I guess, in today's society. <laughs> anything, anytime something horrible happens, uh, <laughs> which you know, it, it feels like a little disingenuous, taking a little bit of the attention away from from the current situation at hand. Uh, a lot of folks are criticizing the NFL for waiting a little over an hour to officially uh, postpone the game. Um, my takeaway from it was, you know, look, they, they, they got to, first of all, DeMar Hamlin's health is, is first and foremost, once they, you know, took him uh, out of the stadium in an ambulance. Now it's about what do the coaches think? What do the players think? Uh, a league execs that are on the field, doctors that are there being able to get everybody's Intel, because if you just snap judgment, you know, suspend the game or postpone the game, you know, that could be, you know, that could be a bad look for the league in terms of you don't have all the information yet before you make a final decision. What's sort of your takeaway on the NFL's response to the situation after uh, he was, he was taken off the field? Uh, You know, I I thought that it was the right thing to do. I know initially we were hearing in the, during the simulcast or telecast that they were going to give, given five minutes warm up and then play again. And I was like, no, no, there's no way. Right. There's no way these guys are going to be able to warm up in five minutes after witnessing literally a guy died on the field. Essentially right. he died. I mean, or his heart stopped from what we know. Right. Um, and you can tell, and, and that's what was so crazy about it. You can tell on the faces. I didn't, I didn't need to really know the extent of the situation, but you can look on the pl- on players face like Josh Allen. You can tell yeah. he was crying. Um, there was a couple other defensive players that I saw. Guys were bawling, right? Um, in regards to the NFL's reaction, I thought, you know, given the, the situation, I think they were pretty timely. I mean, I think they they wanted to see if he was going to be okay. And that's, and that's initially what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to say, you know what? We're going to get him off the field. We're going to spin it later, but let the games go on. That's what I thought was going to happen. But as time went on and they got him out of there and then all the players left the field, I was like, they're not coming back on. So 
I'm not going to criticize the NFL. I mean, I've, I've spoken to a couple people. Some people felt that they probably should have continued to play the game because they are professionals. I can see that perspective. But then on the other note, too, I mean, you know, that that's a tough situation. We've seen guys get carted off for ACLs. Yeah. Achilles. I mean, some guys even been knocked out, right? Like uh, AB got knocked out on the same field. And, right. And, you know, uh, who else got? Uh, Vontez Burfecht. Um, Ryan Shazier suffered a very serious injury right, that right, same five years ago. Two of this year. Right. I mean, so I don't know what Cincinnati, man, that, that stadium is cursed. I think they probably need to, I don't know. But in regards to the NFL, I thought their response was pretty appropriate. Um, and then they immediately came out, I think, within, you know, a couple hours later and said, you know what? We're not going to replay this game. We're not. We're, it is what it is. We haven't decided what the outcome will be, but the game basically is a wash. And I think that's the appropriate response to that. Yeah, and it, it was announced about, I'd say, an hour, hour and a half ago that uh, that they're not going to finish the game. So I, I assume that they're just going to designate this as a tie for uh, for Cincinnati and and for Buffalo, uh, you know, and essentially just say, you know, we, we I think the psychological, if nothing else, uh, obviously scheduling wise, this it being this late in the season, man, that's going to be tough to be able to fit that in with yeah. the playoffs rolling around. It, it, you can't, it, it gets really clunky. But even if you could say this happened in, I don't know, week nine, um, that's a tough you know, mental hurt. And listen, th these are the best athletes in the world. Nobody, right. no athletes in the world are, are as mentally tough as these guys because they get paid millions of dollars to do it. But right. I think coming back out in that field at, you know, certain time and place in game, I'm not even sure if the fans are able to overcome it. I don't know if the, it, the right. stadium has that same energy uh, that it was or that it would have before the injury. Um, I, I just don't think it would have worked. Um, we have a few comments here. Um, Patrick Brown says, I was four years old when Hank, Hank Gathers yep. passed away. This was too eerie, and I had to take a walk outside and say a prayer for this family and both teams. Absolutely. It was it was just stunning. Um, and, and, and let's see. I, I've got a comment here from Grady. He says, only thing I've seen reminded me of this was when Javier Best landed on his spine uh, head, slash head midair in college and had to be rushed to the hospital, if I remembered, was terrible. Um and Grady says, obviously, nobody in the league uh, is the boogeyman. That nobody, in the, uh, nobody is the boogeyman in this situation. But there can be a boogeyman. His Skip Bayless, uh, uh, you know, one for trying to make something about him versus Demar. Of course, it's just my opinion. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of touch on Skip later in the show uh, and, and sort of the reaction around it because um, I, I just uh, right now I just want to focus on on. Can, can, can I can I add something to that though, real quick? Yeah, you know, go ahead. Talk about it, but the Skip Bayless thing. I think don't get me wrong, Skip Bayless is an a-hole. I mean, we, we've seen that on TV. I mean, I'm That's putting it mildly. I'm right. Right. I'm, um, I'm not going to say I'm de I defend his comments on there, but I know what he was. I know what he was trying to get at. I think it was just the wrong time to say something like that because in my mind, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to keep it real. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, because you had alluded it to in your opening monologue that this was a huge game. I mean, I right. was, I came home. I was like, man, I'm what, this is a big game in the AFC. This could determine who's going to, have home field advantage, you know? So I get what he was trying to say. I don't think he should have tweeted that. And the fact that he's not really like, what's the word? Um, remorseful. Remorseful about it. Now, if he came out and was like, you know what? My bad, y'all. You know, we all, we've we all seen what happened on Tuesday morning when he opened up his show. He kind of really wasn't remorseful, like you said. And then him and Shannon got into it yesterday. We've all seen that. And he still wasn't contrite about the situation. Um, so but that's what he's that's what he's done. That's what he's made his career on. So I'm not surprised. No, I'm with you. I'm not surprised at all. And, and like I said, I'll sort of touch on it later. Uh, 
Now, for the NFL, because I've also heard a discussion about uh, the safety of the league, the safety of football. You had a, uh, an interesting quote uh, that I thought was was good on your video the other day. You said, you know, trying to make football uh, safe is like trying to make a cigarette healthy. Like there's only so right. far you can go, yeah. uh, you know, to make <laughs> it that. And, and it's the thing that's, you know, concerning about it. And, and like I, I keep saying on the show, it was a pretty, it was a hard hit, but it was a pretty routine hit there at midfield between uh, Higgins and, and Hamlin. Um but there are, I do think though, not, sort of not pertain to this, but I think it's fair to start a discussion about safety and, and at least some measures we can take. Um, I've been talking about it all season long. I think we should get rid of Thursday night football. Um, the first of all, the product's not good. Uh, right. I mean, some of the games this year have been absolute duds. Um, but I mean, part of the fact that you know these guys' bodies have healed from sixty minutes of, of collisions that previous right. Sunday. Um, you know, not to mention. Preseason. I'm not sure how much do we really need the preseason. If college football players don't need it, why on earth do NFL players need it? Right. Uh, I think joint practices. I've heard a lot of NFL veterans say that those are way more impactful and and, and help way more uh, in terms of competition it's more than. Yeah, they get more control. Give you know, it, it doesn't cheat the fans out of a game that absolutely means nothing. Yeah. Um, and and, yeah. and other safety sort of discussions about you know pads and stuff like that. What's sort of your takeaway on the safety discussion in the NFL? Because I think while it doesn't pertain to this play necessarily, I think it's right. one that's it's, it's, it's fair to have in general for the NFL. I mean, overall, I mean, like I said in my video, I mean, you, you can't get around it. You know, it's like trying to not get wet while jumping into a pool. It's going to happen. <laughs> you know, uh, I know there have been um, improvements on helmets and things of that nature. Uh, even at the youth level, people are trying to teach their kids how to tackle differently. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, it's a violent sport. And, and there's really not much you can do as far as the NFL is concerned. I agree. Thursday night football is a waste of time. It, it really is. Um, it, it provides no value other than for us to to look on the schedule and say, oh, wow, this is another crappy game, right? The, the Jags and the Jets or something like that. Right. Like, who cares, right? You know? Uh, it's one thing if they flex these games, but I, I don't think they've never flexed a Thursday game before. No, so, I, really, I mean, literally, you probably can anyway, right? So, right. Um, the best Thursday games typically are when our Cowboys play. I mean, Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm not into you know, but but overall, the league says they care about the safety, but like you said, Thursday night games should be gone. I agree. Get rid of the preseason games. The only the only the only argument I say what people have with preseason is that well. What about the guys trying to make the team? Well, I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, they have practices to try to prove themselves. Right. That or you expand the rosters and then you let you allow these guys to maybe make an initial roster. And then after a couple of weeks, if it doesn't work out, and they're not getting in. Maybe you, you move them to the practice squad or you waive them or whatever the case may be. Um, but I don't think there's really no need for it, because really, when I've been to a couple of preseason games and it was a complete waste of time. None of the starters were in there, and I'm watching Ben DiNucci or somebody play, and I really don't want to watch Ben DiNucci. I want to watch that. I want to watch Dak Prescott. So right. I, I think the NFL they're trying to make it better. I mean, I know they've had some rule implementation with like the kickoff return back when I in my day when I was growing up, used to be able to, uh, the, the the second or third line. I forgot what it was. They can run back, lock arms or something like that, and right. go down and block. But now that's something that you can't even do anymore. So, um, but I I think it's Overall, if I had to give them a grade, probably like a C plus. I mean, because about really, the safety of the league. Yeah, on the safety of the okay. league. I mean, I feel like there's not much more you can. I'm all, I gotta take that back. Maybe a B because there's really not much more you can do other than expanding the field. Look, you got you got 300 pound men, you know, 
that are running four, four, six, four, seven. And the field is not big, man. The field, the field is the same size at the youth level as it is in the professional level. Somebody's gonna get hurt, you know. Um, in regards to that that play with T. Higgins, I mean, I'm not gonna blame him for what he was doing. He was doing what coaches have been telling their players since the beginning of time. Run through that guy. I tell my players that. And now I'm kind of like, ooh, I don't think I want to do that anymore because right. I can see what happens. You know? Yeah, no, no, I, I feel what you're saying. And, and something, too, I forgot to mention that do we really need a 17th regular season game? Look, no. I, obviously it brings in money for the league, ticket sales, revenue, all that. But it's we, we don't need it. Um, yeah. It's... I do. Th I'm not going to sit up here and, and be all extreme. Say the NFL doesn't care at all about player safety. I think they do because if they didn't, then it'd be a, you know some of these rules implemented would not have been there. Uh, but I think there's there's certain ways to go about it that may hurt the bottom line a little bit. Right. But it, it's it's going to you know ultimately the the the, the guys that are out in the field who are you know the reason that we watch these games uh, are are, are going to be safer and it's you know it's going to be a better product for the league because the best players are are right. more available than ever. And Grady agrees. He said, let's just go back to 16 games. Right. Uh, why play 17 if you care about player safety? I mean, the money being number one, obviously. Right. Um, right. He says, also, I just prefer regular season to end around the new year versus going past the new year. Just seems bizarre. It is kind of weird to get used to. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, the Super Bowl being the second week in February as opposed yeah. to like the, the, the first Bro, uh, week. Can I, can I tell you something? When I was a little, little boy, the Super Bowl used to be on my birthday, which would be at the end of the January. Yep. Like I said, my birthday parties were always centered around the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, and so now it's like, like you said, second week of February, like, like what? That's crazy to me, man. Yeah. It, which I, I think it got pushed back from late January because of nine 11, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, that, was, something like that. Yeah. that was the first Super Bowl to be played yeah. in February. Um, and uh, Grady asks, Brian, uh, why don't you want to watch Ben DiNucci or Nathan Peterman, man? Can I interest you in Chad Henney as well? Uh, I'd rather watch Chad Henney. At least he's done something. In he's all right. You know, he's he's won a playoff game, right? I mean, he yes. the Browns, right? So, uh, Ben DiNucci, that sounds like a like a guy I call if I have, like, toilet problems or something. <laughs> you know, call Ben DiNucci, you know, something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel, I feel you. <laughs> um, so so something else I want to ask you about as well. Um, so, like like we talked about, uh, sort of the NFL's decision to um, – to, to, to make it a tie and, and go off of uh, winning percentage as opposed to uh, record to make the playoffs, which is kind of how they do it right now. Um, right. Uh, it, it's, it's not anything different. I was reading – let me make sure I have this right. Uh, yeah, so so apparently there are uh, – this is from Albert Breer, who's a very good source within the NFL. Right. Uh, he tweeted a few hours ago, idea that the NFL is discussing with teams has real traction. Seeding by win percentage with the AFC title game in a neutral site – if seating between the two teams was affected by the Bills Bengals cancellation, uh, in Indianapolis has been floated as one potential site to clubs. The NFL has not talked to the Colts yet. Oh. I don't love it. Um, what's oh. what's your what's your thoughts on it? So basically, you're saying make make what the AFC Championship game a neutral site game? Is that what they're saying? If it's if seating between the two teams was affected by Bills Bengals, so essentially, right. if the two teams are in the game, that was affected by this game's right, cancellation. Right, right, right. Um. 
you know, can I be honest with you? I don't think home field advantage means that much anymore in the national. Football I agree league. with you. Um, because because the guy, if you're in that champ, the AFC championship game, you probably got a really good quarterback. And with yes. the technology of the mics and the earphone and the and the helmets and stuff like that, I mean, most teams can work their professional, they can work on silent counts. If you got a good quarterback, you can play anywhere, man. You can play in the depths of hell and, and, and get a win out of there. I mean, if you if you got a Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, right. or even like a Josh Allen, I mean, you know, if you're playing with Ben DiNucci, obviously yeah. would be a, a big thing. But with those three guys, I, I really I feel like Anybody can beat anybody. We saw we saw that. We saw the Bengals go on that tear last year. They beat what they beat on the road. They beat Tennessee. They went to uh, Kansas City, and they beat. They came back on the road, right? Kansas City. So I I, I don't I kind of don't want to see that. And I get it. Some people, oh well, you know, the winning percentage and yada yada yada. Let's be fair, but life isn't fair. I mean, at the end of the day, it isn't. And unfortunately, that's just how it goes. And thank God, again, like I said, we we avoided the absolute worst case scenario. Uh, it, it certainly yeah. appears so on, on Monday night. So, uh, yeah, we just if there's if you have any closing thoughts, like promotion for for the video you made the other day about Demar Hamlin, uh, feel free and and let the people know about it. No, you know, guys, you know, check it out. I give my thoughts. It's like a seven minute video. I'll just give my thoughts on it, man. You know, because like I said in my video, you know, I'm a coach. I have a son. You know, I play football for a majority of my life. I coach it. Um, it really puts into perspective that it's really just a, a, a game at the end of the day. Um, and, and if you are a parent or you do have a nephew or anyone that you know that has kids or sons that want to play football, it kind of puts it in all into it puts it in front of you because we love this sport. I mean, we're yeah. talking about it. I talk about it every Sunday morning. It's a part of the DNA of the fabric of America. It's America's pastime. But it, it, it's starting to get a little borderline. I mean, it's always been unsafe. I mean, I get it, but but really now it that really hit me hard because, like I said in the beginning, um, I had a similar experience. I ended up in the hospital, um, and it wasn't fun, you know. Um, unfortunately, I was able to cover, recover, and I continued on playing. But but something that I'll never forget. So, um, but I, I mean, again, I, my prayers and thoughts to 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 Hamlin and his family. And the Buffalo Bills and and shout out to the, the city of Cincinnati, man. hundred percent. Yeah. The way they showed out, man, like you don't see that. You know what I mean? Like, and you talked about it too, with the way society is. And it was good to see that there's still some good hearted people out there, regardless of your politics, what your gender preferences is, what your pronouns are. It is what whatever. At that moment, man, we all felt like we were like America was pulling for this guy. Of course. Um, and, and it's sad that we have to have things like that to get the country united. But I, I'll take it any way I can get it at this point. So, you know, I wasn't a Cowboy fan that night. I wasn't a Bills fan. I was just I was a life fan. I wanted this guy to live, you know. So but that's all I got, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, and I appreciate you giving your insights. Uh, Folks, Clutch Sports Talk every Sunday morning. Uh, I assume you'll be on here this Sunday to to, to preview a huge Uh, Week 18 in the NFL. Big, 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 big week. So, yeah. We'll have to get. I got to get on my job right now and start coming up with my material. So, but yeah, it's going to be a big week. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to watch it. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Yes, sir. Peace out to Ryan. Uh, That is Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. Um, Always giving great insight, as always. And, you know, his his story about the situation where he suffered a serious concussion, was in the hospital, 
it it's you know sort of if, if I if I may, uh, it reminded me of a not a similar experience, but sort of my story uh, regarding playing football. I never played football, um, and a big reason for that. See, around probably the age of 12, 13, um, I, <laughs> I was begging, like begging my parents, like, please let me play. Please let me play. Cause you know, by that point I, I, I feel like, Hey, you know, I can throw the football around a little bit. I can catch passes. I can run a little bit, but you know, they were, uh, thankfully now, when I look back, very hesitant on, on me playing or not. And so at some point, probably I was around 13 years old. I remember this very well. And, my parents essentially said, it's your decision. You know, we'll, we'll support what you want to do. It is your decision. And, you know, we, we, it's almost as if it was like a, almost like a sign from God almost because I go to bed and the next day I look at my phone, check the news and whatever, and I see that Dwight Clark, uh, for those of you who don't know who Dwight Clark is, Dwight Clark was – the tight end who caught the pass from Joe Montana in the, I think it was the 1982 NFC Championship game against the Dallas Cowboys. It's, it's simply called the catch. He goes up, it looks like Montana's throwing the ball out of bounds, but he goes up and makes a spectacular catch. And a lot of folks say that's that's the play that started the Niners dynasty in the 80s because they won that game over the Cowboys and went on to win the Super Bowl, and they went on to win three more Super Bowls. So, so Dwight Clark is a, it, it, it hit, that name will always go down the history of the NFL. But I read that he had been diagnosed with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, and that he and his family and the doctors believed that it had that, that he had gotten this in part due to injury suffered when he played football. And it was it it, it just like slapped me across the face, like wow. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, I, 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 man, I love football. And I, obviously, as you guys know, I still love football very, very much to this day. But it made me sick back. Like, ah, gosh, is it is it worth it? Like, is it is it worth my love of, of of the game? I mean, I'm a, I'm not somebody who's like ridiculously talented, of course. So, you know, it, it, is is it worth me going out playing at that point, middle school, and then going to play high school football and risk, as we saw with Demar Hamlin on Monday night, my life, every single play. And that's kind of what made the decision for me. And Dwight Clark has unfortunately since passed away a few years ago due to ALS. And it was just like, man, I, 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 this, this isn't, I love football, but, but this isn't worth it. And that, that's kind of, it, I don't know. It just reminded me a little bit of that when, when Ryan was telling his story and then obviously with what happened on, on Monday night. And so, but it's, you know, you see the support from around the league. I want to give credit to, uh, Getting credit to a lot of people, deservedly so. Uh, Josh Allen was talking. Do I have this right here? Yep. Jo- Josh Allen was talking to the media today. Do I have it? Here it is. Uh, so Josh Allen was doing a press conference today, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. And before his press conference ended, 
he essentially extended his support to T. Higgins. Of course, T. Higgins, the receiver for the Bengals, who uh, was involved in the collision with DeMar Hamlin, and essentially saying, like, man, do I have the quote here? Uh, this is from Field Yates of ESPN. It says, uh, before the press conference ended, Bill's QB, Josh Allen, made the point to make sure that he mentioned Bengals receiver T. Higgins and that Higgins did nothing wrong on what Allen called a football play. Allen has seen the criticism of Higgins on Twitter slash TV and believes it is wrong. Um, I will sort of get into the criticism of T. Higgins in just a second. Before I do, we have a few comments. Uh, Grady Edwards, he says, similar experience, Bryson. I'm blessed to have played the game for three to four years, but having a concussion, realizing it's okay slash great to be a fan was a blessing. Always value your health, man. Great lesson that I personally learned. Absolutely. And, and again, look, look, it's, you know, Ryan talked about being a parent himself, being a coach. And this really gets you to think, this is probably the biggest I would say watershed moment regarding kids playing football that I can that I can remember since the whole thing with CTE began when there was all these studies of these um, recently deceased football players' brains and their uh, I remember the concussion movie with Will Smith came out was talking about CTE and it, it it that was and that was around the time that I was you know wanting to play football and that, I'm sure that's a big reason one or at least one of the big reasons that my parents were very hesitant. Uh, about me playing. And you know, it feels like a very similar situation now where it's like, God, you see a young man, I mean, almost lose his life playing football, doing something that he loves. Man, it gets you to thinking. It really does. It really does. Grady says, as and as a teenager, not seeking validation from my peers to continue playing, because that's why I would have continued. There's always one whose opinion matters most, and that's God Almighty himself. Only one. Amen, amen, and amen, uh, Grady Edwards. No question about it. Um, let me, and I, I sure hope this isn't diverting too much from T. Higgins. I did want to discuss the criticism of some of this come throughout. So I, I talked about the criticism in the NFL. I don't. I don't subscribe to it. I think the NFL did honestly all they could in terms of, man, just contacting the people that were there in Cincinnati. What do they think? What did they see? How are the players doing? How are the coaches? How, how's the atmosphere in Cincinnati with the fans? And like, like I saw a, a, a picture on Instagram the other day of, of a, I don't know if it was a Bengals season ticket holder. It was a Bengals fan who was in the, in the stadium at, pay, I think Paycor stadium is, is, is the name. And, she was talking about like she's never heard a stadium go that silent the way that Cincinnati did. So like even if the Bengals had came and the Bills had came back out and played, the the energy in the stadium would have been different. I mean, you see, and Ryan talked about this. When you got a guy who goes down with an ACL, an Achilles, even a concussion like Tua. That all the way back in week four, again, it's again, I'm not sure what, what is going on with Cincinnati. It's, it was on that field in Cincinnati near the same spot where DeMar Hamlin went down. Um, but there's, you know, a stunned silence in Cincinnati. There's shock from players, from fans. But once the players carted off, it certainly takes us time, takes the announcers time, takes the fans and the players, coaches, and us, the fans, time to sort of psychologically at least try to move on to what's going on on our TVs or in front of our faces during the game. But we eventually sort of work our way back into it. With this, 
that's all that would have been on the players and the coaches and the fans minds. Like, Oh my God, how is he doing? Like he, again, like, like Brian talked about when you hear Joe Buck, the announcer for ESPN use the word CPR. You're like, Oh boy, this is different. This is, Oh my goodness. You don't, and you're just holding your breath. You're praying. You're yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, it, it's just they they wouldn't have been able to. They, they just they couldn't continue the game. They, these are the immensely strongest athletes in the world. There's no way they would have been able to continue the game. Patrick Brown says the safe space of uh, the safe space of players is critical. Mental and spiritual health has been mentioned among teams. This tragedy shook the cores of many players. Absolutely, Patrick. And I I, I saw that a lot of these teams have had like obviously mental health professionals team chaplains speak to the team and it's it's uh it shakes you up and, and I, i'm not not just the bills and the Bengals who got both had big games this weekend how about the rest of the nfl you know how about the other 30 teams that saw this happen and are like man we're we're getting ready we're game planning we're getting our bodies right to to go play a football game this weekend and the last the most recent nfl play that happened was a guy's heart stopped like that is a very, uh, you just don't know like how you, you don't know how to process that. It's it's horrible. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But... DeMar Hamler seems to be getting better, which is just the best news. Every day, it feels like we're getting a more and more positive update, which is just, it, it's again, it's a credit to, to the amazing medical personnel who responded to DeMar Hamlin, uh, Hamlin immediately and those who have responded to him since who have helped him uh, at the UC Medical Center uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and, and to, of course, to to the prayers that have been said all around the country, all around the world for this for this young man's life. I did want to, like I said, touch on sort of the criticism. I talked about the NFL, but also of others. Bart Scott of ESPN, former great linebacker, Ravens, Jets, and he currently works for ESPN as an analyst. He's got a radio show on there. He appears on other shows, and he criticized T. Higgins, who was involved with the collision with DeMar Hamlin for lowering his head, for hitting DeMar Hamlin in the space that he did at the time that he did. To say that that's uncalled for is an understatement. I can't imagine how those players were feeling in that field. T. Higgins in particular. How do you, What do you think is going through his head? He collides with a guy. like And like Ryan said... Like you're taught to, like your coach to, like instinctu- instinctually you do. So Lord knows what's going on in his head. He's he's involved in this collision. Though I mean the absolute last thing. Heck, it wasn't even his mind. Demar Hamlin's hot heart stopping him being on the field, having to be resuscitated, resuscitated in CPR and all that. 
that never obviously went through through Tegan's head because it would have went through no none of our heads at all. So for Bart Scott to kick this young man while he's down, when and, and props to Josh Allen too for uh, for coming out the Bills quarterback coming out supporting T Higgins. Man, that's I mean, obviously it's not T Higgins' fault. He was he didn't do anything wrong, but still the guilt that very well could be associated with him. So it, it's 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 inexcusable. It's disgraceful by Bart Scott to in this moment of worry and concern for Demar Hamlin to take a shot at T Higgins. Man, it's uncalled for. I don't know if Bart has apologized. I haven't seen if he has, I haven't seen it. Uh if he hasn't, he needs to. And not not to not to the people watching, not to ESPN, but to T. Higgins himself. It, it's it's absolutely uncalled for. It's 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 gross. It really is. To to, to go after T. Higgins while he's down uh after the collision with DeMar Hamlin. It's it's it's, it's just wrong. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um Patrick Brown says, as fans, we should never, in all caps, question a player's commitment. When we see contract negotiations turn into conflict of interest, we shouldn't say he ain't worth that type of money. I would have to agree, Patrick. And, you know, when you look at, like, Lamar Jackson. I'll talk Lamar Jackson tomorrow. We talk about guys like Lamar Jackson. And he sees this. He's like, holy cow. Yeah, I'm not playing until I get my money. And I've always said that. It's a dangerous, dangerous game. A play, Not a play like DeMar Hamlin because we've never seen anything like that. But a major injury to a player is the reason that I pretty much uh, uh, turned in my allegiance to the Dallas Cowboys as a franchise because Dak Prescott goes into 2020 season without a long-term deal, suffers a, a gruesome ankle injury, and he's his season's obviously over with no long-term deal. I was like, after every man, everything this man's done for this franchise, and that's you leave him hanging like that, and now he's he's down for the season. We're not even sure if he's gonna play football again in the moment. Like, and that that that's kind of what you know, Jerry Jones really in, in large part is why it kind of cut ties with the Cowboys. Patrick says it's freak accidents like this that remind us players have to secure as much as possible to protect their future. Careers can end tomorrow and not being able to take care of their family. Yep. And that's, but I'm with you though. Anytime a guy wants wants his money, hey, God bless him. You know, the goal to get to the the goal is to get to the NFL. And once you get to the NFL, the goal is to become a notable player, star. You know, hopefully. And once you become a star, it's like, okay, how can I cash in on my stardom to possibly build generational wealth? You know, and it's it's understandable why these guys hold out without without a shadow of a doubt. So, I want to shift though to. And I won't spend too too much time on this. Uh, I want to shift to Skip Bayless for a second. I'm sure you guys are all aware of the current situation regarding him, his controversial tweet uh, during the, the Monday night game. <sighs> so, after DeMar Hamlin went down, and he went down at 8.55 p.m., do we have this here? Okay, so we went down at 8.55 p.m. So 35 minutes after the uh, 
situation happened after he collapsed. Skip Bayless, who, as we all do, we live tweet during games. We react in the moment to, to games. There's nothing wrong with that. But Skip Bayless tweeted, and I quote, No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. And obviously they got a lot of backlash. He put out a tweet uh, a little less than an hour later. Nothing is more important than the young man's health. This was the point of my last tweet. I'm sorry if that was misunderstood, but his health is all that matters. Again, everything <clears throat> excuse me, everything else is irrelevant. I prayed for him and will continue to. And we've seen the aftermath of that. Skip did his show on FS1 with Shannon Sharp, Hall of Fame tight end. He did that by himself the next day, that Tuesday. As Ryan talked about, really didn't apologize for the tweet, didn't show any remorse whatsoever. The next day, Shannon comes back. Shannon issues a monologue. It basically expresses his disappointments in Skip's tweet. And then Skip interrupts him. They go back and forth. And that's that's kind of the latest uh, controversy or uh, sort of um, uh I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. The latest issue of the controversy that has occurred ever since they've been doing their show and and whatnot, whatever. Here's here's my takeaway on on the tweet and just on on Skip in general. So I've never been a Skip Bayless fan. Um, I do watch Undisputed almost daily because I I, I think I think. Him and Shannon have a, a great on-screen, uh, on-television uh, sort of rapport. I think they do a good job of, of playing off of each other's strengths, whether they agree or disagree on a topic. They have a debate show. But for that quick, 35 minutes, and again, when did... Okay, DeMar Hamlin was... The ambulance left the stadium 30 minutes after... DeMar Hamlin collapsed. So that would have been at 9.25 p.m. Skip since the tweet at 9.30. And the first thing that he talked about was the significance of the game. I'll speak for myself personally. I won't speak for anybody else, but just for myself. The standings in the AFC, who was getting home field advantage, was the last thing on my mind. Speaking of me personally, I, I was not <laughs> the the possibility of those guys coming back out there. You sure I thought about that about them postponing the game, and whatnot. But the standings and the magnitude of this game being played or not being played that never crossed my mind. Skip has a history of this. Skip has a history of attacking folks particularly athletes, when they're down, and not attacking their play. If you attack their play, that's his job. That's what he's paid to do. To give players props when they play well, to criticize them when they don't play well. But it's often been personal. We saw about a decade ago, his back and forth with former NBA player Jalen Rose, and he said in a quote, what, what kind of player were you, Jalen? How good were you? And Jalen essentially shot back, like, you know, what what'd you average? 1.9 points per game in high school? Like, you know, kind of like, like, shut up. We saw 
a couple of years ago when Dak Prescott went public with his mental health struggles after the pandemic began and then a month after the pandemic began, his older brother took his own life. And Dak talked about dealing with the the hurt and and dealing with his mental health struggles from that and having the courage to go public with it and say, as we always hear from those you know who who go public about their mental health struggles, it's okay not to be okay. And it's true. And Skip Bayless said the next day after that part of the interview was put out on, on social media, on YouTube and everywhere, he said that because he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, that he didn't like him going public with it. And he was using analogies, talking about players would uh, mock Dak for it. And, you know, this is a this is a cutthroat league. And the NFL is, but it's not evil, okay? The NFL's cutthroat. It's, it's hardcore. It's not evil. To paint the picture as if Dak going public made him, made him weak. He criticized Mike McCarthy a year later and essentially said that if you are not in the perfect physique as a head coach, therefore you cannot be successful because this was during hard knocks. This was when Mike McCarthy was... Uh, kind of being exposed for his uh, leadership abilities or lack thereof. And Skip Bayless goes on there and doesn't rip his leadership abilities, but essentially says, you know, you know, he's not in the perfect condition that I'd like my coach to be. And essentially saying that because of that, he can't be a great coach, which as we all know is total BS. Your physique <laughs> plays absolutely zero factor in how successful or how committed you are to being a good coach. It doesn't. We, we, we all know that's just, it's common sense. A few weeks ago, Skip and Shannon, as they've done a lot over the past, ever since their show started, you know, since 2016, they argued about Tom Brady. And this was after the Bucks lost to the Niners. They got beat pretty badly. Tom didn't play well. And Shannon criticized Tom Brady, criticized his play. And Skip essentially says, how, how can you criticize him? You aren't as good as him. And they go in this back and forth. Shannon says, I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. And yeah, Skip says, so what? You're not him. You're not the greatest player in the history of your league. And Shannon says, so you will defend him over, over me, a guy you don't know. You'll defend him over me. And Skip says, yes, because he's the greatest player in the history of your sport. And then now, this with DeMar Hamlin, the tweet. And again, in all of those instances, the situation with Dak, watch the Undisputed the next day. Watch the clip from the show the next day. He did not apologize for criticizing Dak Prescott for going public about his mental health. He did not apologize. As a matter of fact, he doubled down on his podcast about what he said about Shannon. And he never apologized for what he said about Mike McCarthy. So God knows he's not apologizing for this because he hasn't yet. Matter of fact, he doubled down on Wednesday and said, I'm not taking that tweet down. Are you kidding? I, I stand by what I said. Skip's issue is he doesn't apologize, he clarifies. 
He explains in full what he meant, but he shows no remorse for the people that he hurt by his comments. He has a pattern of this. And when you see people, folks that know Skip, heck, Shannon Sharp on social media, liking tweets that are critical of Skip. Former people that used to be on the show undisputed, former athletes who know the man. It tells you everything you need to know. Listen, folks, I hate cancel culture just as much as the next guy. I think if you screw up, if you make a mistake, you should be given the room to apologize, and you should be given the room to improve. I think when someone screws up and we say, you're canceled, you're done, you know, off with your head, essentially, I don't want to ever see you again. That that doesn't do anything. That it, it doesn't. Does it make the situation better? Does it uh to help them grow? No. Imagine if we if we messed up as a kid. You know, say we didn't clean our room, and our our parents you know said, ah, you're canceled. I don't even want to speak to you. Instead of saying no, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to apologize for not cleaning your room if you said you were per se for lying essentially, and then be better. Clean your room. People should be given the room to grow. Skip's been given multiple opportunities to grow. He's never apologized the first time. He's proven himself to not care about the well-being of certain athletes. And my issue with Skip is he obviously came off as extremely insensitive and he did about a very about a life and death situation and showed no remorse that he came off as insensitive. And that's what bothered Shannon Sharp. That's what bothered football players, athletes in general. That's what bothered folks who have worked with Skip. So I think I don't know, I don't know what the future of Undisputed is. That's I mean, that's not my call. That's not that we'll see what happens with the show. I, I like it, you know, we'll, but we'll see what happens. I, I love Shannon Sharp. But my issue with Skip is doesn't really seem to care if he hurts anybody. And that's that's not a good trait to have. So I don't know what Fox is going to do. Don't know what Shannon's going to do. Don't know what Skip's going to do. But we got a pattern of this, of him attacking people personally and not just not apologizing for it, but doubling down. He attacked a man for being vulnerable about his mental health after his brother took his own life by suicide. He attacked his on-air co-host who he's been with for six and a half years. That's supposed to, by that point, you're like brothers at that point. And to attack him to defend somebody you don't even know over the guy that you you go to work with every day who's supposed to be your, you know, at least your friend. And now this, to be more worried about the standings of a game than um, the safety of DeMar Hamlin. So I hated what Skip said. I did not. I, I did not like what he said. Uh, let's see. Got some comments. Grady says... 
Uh, I, I know you're not a TMZ kind of channel, and I'm not a TMZ kind of listener, but don't be shocked if Skip and Shannon split soon. They've been together for six or seven years and kind of ran their course. I, I, I agree. I, I think at this point it is sort of a ticking time bomb, and we're like we're sort of writing the last chapter. Grace, as you can tell if you watch the show, it's just time to wrap it up. John Rivera, Fan Perspective Podcast. What's up, John? John, he says, I'm done with Skip. Never was a fan, but now definitely uh, don't mess with him. Patrick said, and the sad part Skip of Skip attacking Dak, it was on the same day as National Suicide Awareness. A history of misunderstanding dialogue is well documented. Grady says, I was kind of done with him when he disrespected Shannon Sharp live on TV just to defend Brady, but this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Don't down someone's career just to make a point. He uh, downed his co-host credentials, so disrespectful. Uh, and he says, uh, done with Skip after this one too, John. And uh, he says, unfortunately, we all know his uh, his last career act, if nobody wants him, he'll get that reunion with Stephen A., I guarantee that. That That is that is in all, like, all likelihood the case. You know, I, I'm always, I think your intentions with something matter. I think if you mess up in life, was your heart in the right place? We have enough of a history to, to prove Skip's heart doesn't seem to really be in the right place. If nothing else, he's made a living off of criticizing LeBron James for two decades. And hats off to LeBron James for publicly, I'm sure he has privately. Matter of fact, I know he has privately. But to publicly never say that man's name. But what Skip said was, and, and, the, and the last few days following what he tweeted is uncalled for. There's no question about it. Um, but that's sort of my take on it. But I do think Undisputed is definitely, um, it's like Grady said, it's it's probably run its course. Um, I, again, if you mess up, you should be given the room to improve. And I think your intentions should matter too. But once you build a history, I mean, we take this into account in our legal system. So I, I don't see any reason that we shouldn't take it into account in, in this situation. So that's sort of my take on the Skip Bales. And by the way, as well as the Bart Scott situation as well, talking about T. Higgins. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess that's – well, before I, before I go, um, as I talked about in the show, there are good news. There is good news regarding DeMar Hamlin. Again, I will – for those of you that maybe haven't seen, I will read it off once again. Do I have it here? Let's see. Okay, here we go. So, this morning, Bills announced Hamlin has made a remarkable improvement in the last 24 hours and appears to be making steady progress. Physicians at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center say that Hamlin is seemingly neurologically intact while his lungs continue to heal. And then about, let's see, it's 7.07 Eastern, so about five, uh, five and a half hours ago, uh, Dr. Timothy Pritz of UC Health said that Hamlin has made substantial improvement and his neurological condition and function is intact. The physician said that Hamlin's progress is a positive turning point in his ongoing care and added that Hamlin has held many people's hands. Upon waking up, Hamlin asked who won the game uh, between the Bengals and the Bills and was um, and was responded to by uh, by one of the physicians, uh, pretty sure it was one of the physicians to my knowledge, who said, uh, you won, Damar, you won the game of life. That is a... If that is as beautiful a quote and exchange as, as, as you could have, man, that's awesome. And like I said, as of an hour ago, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's increased since since then. But the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive has donated 
about seven and a half million dollars, and it had a twenty five hundred dollar goal. So man, it goes to show you the there's like Ryan talked about, like I talked about. There really there's still a lot of good people out there who, you know, none of us had control over the situation, but people wanted to help in any way they could. It's it's people helping people. It's people uh, showing support for a person that many didn't even know who he was. But now we all know the name Damar Hamlin, and we'll continue to 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 pray for him, to uh, hopefully continue to donate to his foundation, and you know, just thank God that that he's not only still with us, but that he's improving every day. And I think it's it's appropriate to end this show with an encouraging message that what happened on Monday night was nothing, nothing, nothing short of terrifying. But for three days later, for him to be holding family members' hands and interacting via writing, it's God, man. It's God. There's no way, no other way I can describe it. That's God. And with that, let's, do we have one more comment here? Grady says, appreciate leaving us on a positive note. Glad tomorrow is doing better, man. Such a blessing. Amen, Grady. 100%. With that, that is how we will close today's show. Uh, be sure to catch Carving It Up Live tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. Also, be sure to like, share, comment, and hit that big red subscribe button. Uh, subscribe to the CarbonAmp YouTube channel, as well as hitting the big notification bell. Get notified anytime we upload a video, anytime we upload a YouTube short, or anytime we go live uh, on Carving It Up on the show uh, every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. A big shout-out and a thank you to Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. Please check his show out on the Clutch Sports Talk YouTube channel, uh, where he does lives every Sunday morning to get you ready for, uh, for the biggest NFL games every week. It's a big one coming up that I will just you know talk about a lot tomorrow. But I just wanted to dedicate the show to Demar Hamlin and his family and all that have helped him along the last uh, three days. And uh, also be sure to subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G R Y D, the Grid Podcast Network on YouTube. That's where you can find my show, Carving It Up, Ryan's Show, Clutch Sports Talk, Barry Grant Jr. the All Even Podcast, Patrick Brown of the Chaotic Sports Podcast, the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast, and Alfred Parsor Jr. of the Rocket Fuel Jets Podcast. A lot of great content over there. A lot of great guys over there who work incredibly hard to produce the best shows that they can. So please go check that stuff out. And that is also where you can listen to my show and all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Anchor, as well as wherever you listen to your podcast. Damar Hamlin is doing better. He is improving. Let's continue to pray that that continues to be the case. Have a great evening, everybody. See y'all tomorrow. Please stay safe and take care of your physical and mental health. God bless you all. Peace out and continue prayers for Damar. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.